When I was a student at Luther College, Professor Cornell West visited our campus to give a lecture. I don't remember much of the lecture itself, but I do remember how he opened. I like you Lutherans, he began, because you show up for Good Friday. Many other Christians want to wait until he wins on Easter Sunday. When's he going to win? But in your tradition, you know that Jesus had to lose before he could win. As we know from Good Friday, the cross is indeed the door to victory. Victory over sin, victory over death, victory over the forces of evil. But it's not a door that any of us would have chosen. It's off script. Any self-respecting Messiah ought to know that death is not in the script. It's not the way. You don't usually win by losing. Perhaps this is why Luke tells us that despite Jesus telling the disciples three times about his impending death and resurrection, they cannot hear it. They're un utterly unable to understand. Even after Jesus wins on Sunday morning, even after he rises from the dead, they still can't understand. Well, not all of them. The women understand and believe. Look at what happens. They show up at that tomb Sunday morning at the extreme point of dawn, as Luke tells us. They were unable to anoint the body with spices that Friday evening as sundown marked the beginning of the Sabbath. And of course, you rest on the Sabbath. You're not to do any kind of work. This kind of anointing with spices uh, was a, considered an act of chesed. That's the Hebrew word for mercy, loyalty, steadfast love. It was an act of chesed for the dead. So they observed his burial place and prepared the spices that afternoon so they could return very early on Sunday morning when the Sabbath would be over. Everyone knows that the dead are supposed to stay dead. But Jesus goes off that script too. To the horror and puzzlement of the women, stone is rolled away. There's no body. And two weird men, two very strange men in bright, dazzling clothing, suddenly appear beside them. Why do you look for the living among the dead? They ask. If you were one of the women there, you might think, what a stupid question. I'm not looking for the living among the dead. I'm looking for the dead. Jesus is dead. We all saw him die. We all saw him wrapped up and placed in the tomb. Why would we ever be looking for a living Jesus? But these men jog their memory. Remember how he told you. Remember how he told you. Remember, this isn't about personal memory, not just about that. This is about a beloved community. It's about remembering, putting back together what has been dismembered. Not just the body of Jesus, but the body of the faithful, the body of Christ. By going totally off the usual script, Jesus remembers his beloved community. Jesus brings them back together again. But there are road bumps. 
As you would expect when something totally bizarre and out of the ordinary happens, the women don't see the actual risen Christ. They see the empty tomb and the two strange men. The women certainly believe that he is risen, but they hit a brick wall when they tell the apostles. Do they believe it? Do the apostles believe it? Of course not. The women's story is nonsense to them. Today we might call it fake news. How could they possibly believe it? Jesus' warnings earlier about his death and resurrection have been swallowed up in the terrifying, traumatic reality that they've just witnessed. Their master, teacher, and friend was betrayed by one of their own, handed over to hostile leaders who stirred up the crowds against him. He was nailed to a Roman cross outside of the city. Crucifixion didn't just mean death in the ancient world. It meant torture. It meant utter humiliation and degradation. And it also meant divine curse. Deuteronomy 21.23 is clear about this. Anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. Crucifixion was the ultimate sign that someone was on the wrong side of God. The apostles knew this and would have been destroyed by the events of the past few days. They'd given up everything to follow a Christ who they thought had turned out to be no different than the other would-be Christs out there. Perhaps they could go back to their former lives, back to fishing. Something stirs within Peter, however. There's something within him that impels him to run. To run to the tomb where he sees a, a rolled-away stone, only linen cloths inside. Peter doesn't see the risen Christ yet. So you can just imagine the thoughts racing in his mind as he gets there. Did someone take the body? If so, why would they have bothered to leave the cloths behind like that? And then there are these two odd men that these women reported in unearthly garb. Even though he had just dismissed it, could, could there be something? Could there be something to the women's story? Could the women be credible? Could Jesus be alive? Peter must have left the tomb that morning feeling like he was punched in the gut. It was totally off script. It was surely frightening and confusing. But it was also the beginning of a radical transformation. It marked the resurrection not just of Jesus, but of his beloved community as well. From a band of scared, cowering disciples and apostles to a group of bold preachers of the word. The resurrection takes a little while, at least for a community. And we'll, we'll see this in next week's story about Emmaus Road, and as well as in the entire book, book of Acts. In fact, the whole experience of resurrection for the early church was disorienting. Like they'd been hit upside the head. What had just happened? Because a radical new reality came into being with the resurrection of Christ. An act that was as impossible as the creation of the world out of chaos in Genesis 1. Something reality-altering had happened. 
And that new reality extends to us contemporary disciples of the word of God. You see, Jesus' resurrection wasn't just confined to that particular place and time, and it sure wasn't confined to an empty tomb. Jesus' resurrection extends throughout all times and places, to those long past, to those of today and beyond. Because Jesus was raised, we too are the resurrected community of God. We're not just promised resurrection in the age to come. Since Jesus walked out of the tomb, we're already raised to be the people of God in this time and place. A remembered community, a beloved community. Let's pray. Lord Christ, when you rose, the whole cosmic order was turned upside down and a new reality emerged. Sustain us in the power and promises of your resurrection. Keep us mindful that we are your resurrected community of saints. Amen.